Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Ask LFC podcast. I'm Mike Moses, lead pastor of Lake Forest Church, uh, the family of churches, and teaching pastor at Lake Forest Church, Huntersville. Good to be with you today here uh, in our we're in the midwinter episodes. Uh, we're going to follow up this morning. We're going to have a discussion with a, uh, a longtime uh, tech leader and executive uh, following up on our Tower of Babel series about how technology can be an incredible gift from God, new technology when used as a gift from the giver, or we can become a slave to new technology uh, if we use it unthinkingly. And so we're going to talk about new tech. We're going to get into issues of parenting. What do you do with kids and social media? Um, so we're going to do that uh, real quick. Let me just let you know, uh, Lake Forest folks, that uh, this past Sunday was a bit of a milestone. We opened up Kidtropolis in person, our kids' ministry, for the first time since the shutdown. Um, we, uh, of course, limited, safe, in small groups. We had uh, a really generous number of ministry partners saying, I want to be a hero and be back and provide kids' ministry and love on kids in person in the name of Jesus. So that was wonderful. The uh, We set the ceiling at 107 kids for this first time back. We normally have uh, 400-ish maybe on a Sunday. That's a normal number. So it's a pretty good number, and it filled up immediately. It's like when we've offered in the past a parent's night out, and we— we advertise, here's the time you can sign up for free parents' night out to drop your kids off, and it fills up with, or art camp, it fills up in minutes, and that happened, uh, and it went very well by all reports. It also uh, brought on the, our largest number yet back in person in the adult worship service. We raised the capacity a little bit, so we had 190 reservations. That's, that's what we felt like we could handle comfortably. We opened the balcony a bit still keeping distancing and masking, and uh, I was not there, but I understand there was a great energy in the room, um, so that's wonderful, while at the same time understanding and respecting that that the vast majority of our church are not comfortable coming back yet. An increasing number of our congregation and leaders are getting vaccinated. We had an, a Zoom elders meeting this morning. Uh, our dear uh, elder and Bible teacher here in many ways and a business leader, Jay Sauce, is about to get her second dose, for example. So we're preparing, I want you to know, to move to a second Sunday morning worship service very soon. Really as soon as seems practical and safe as this current wave of the coronavirus that appears to be diminishing, as that happens, we'll be excited to add that, add more in-person capacity, while also providing as quality as we can online worship. We we have ways that we're continuously trying to improve the online worship experience, and we always love your suggestions. Uh, And for this audience, you can uh, email your feedback and your experience of online worship and what works best for you to actually be in a spirit of worship. I don't mean, oh, it's cool. I mean a spirit of worship where you, 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 you sense the presence of the Holy Spirit. Uh, would love your comments and suggestions, at, and that's at um, uh, asklfc uh, at lakeforest.org. So let's get to our special guest today. Uh, our special guest is—so this is sort of get to know a ministry partner and an elder in your church— while talking about a super important subject that uh, you guys really reacted and responded a lot to my focus on new technology 
in the Tower of Babel story. So this is Chad Lacey. Welcome, Chad. Hey, thanks for having me, Mike. It's good to be here. Uh, Chad, you and Nikki came to Lake Forest like you were just out of college. You were a child. <laughs> what year was that? Uh, 2003, I think. Wow, 2003. Chad, um, Chad, actually, uh, you gave your life to Christ as a part of the Welcome 101 uh, deal. Uh, you and I have been on mission trips together. That's right. We've done a lot of things together, but now, you know, for a long time ago, you were elected. We discerned you had eldership gifts and competencies. That includes leadership and shepherding in a spiritual sense, and it's been wonderful to serve alongside you, Chad, as our, our active elders at Lake Forest Huntersville this year. There are five or Correct. six? Five, five. Yeah. And then Mitch and I, and so uh, and Jeff Cook. So uh, it's just a joy to share with you. But your capacity here today, this is Get to Know a Ministry Partner. Chad Lacey has been in the tech industry uh, his whole career. And I don't just mean tech industry. He's worked with the big boys, uh, Microsoft and now Amazon. Um, what's a, just a quick outline of, of your career with in te- big tech? Yeah, so um, prior to being at Microsoft and, and Amazon, I started with a lot of startup companies. So that's kind of where I, I cut my teeth in the okay. tech industry. Um, and then rose up, um, I guess, through, through, just through the ranks to finally joining Microsoft. Um, gosh, I can't even remember when that was. A long time ago. Okay. Um, worked as, uh, as on the technical side at Microsoft for several years. Um, and then made the move over to the sales and marketing organization, uh, sales primarily uh, within Microsoft, and then about four years ago moved over to Amazon in a marketing position there. And I remember a, a big decision was, would you be able to remain here in yeah. Huntersville, which sounds funny now. Uh, would you be able to remain in Huntersville and work for a West Coast giant company uh that wouldn't that question might not even come up if you were interviewing with them today uh no the world is definitely different uh a lot of the buildings in seattle are are empty these days uh, and and we're actually seeing i know a lot of my friends that were in microsoft that were based here in charlotte are scattering out they're moving to the mountains or the coast or florida because um you know these companies are figuring out Hey, we made this great technology, and people can work from wherever they want. We should use that. <laughs> so you're an insider, um, and I'll tell you why I thought of inviting you here in a moment, but you're an insider to it, – it, dude, you've been along for the ride <laughs> of one of the greatest periods in technological change in human history. I mean, there's no – that's not uh, an overstatement. We already know that relative to the pace of change – if it's only computing speeds, you you've you've been in the front seat or the back seat, you know, uh, at uh, the most cutting edge company, Microsoft, when they were doing their things, and then you switch to Amazon, and you're actually in the the what does AWS stand for? Amazon Web Services. Yeah, that's like their. They keep on making up a whole new industry to take over, <laughs> um, and so you're on the cutting edge of their cutting edge. Which Correct. is pretty cutting edge, Chad. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, I love it. I'm one that, that embraces change. Okay. Uh, I get bored pretty easily. Um, and so, you know, being in the tech industry, if you're not comfortable with change, you're going to get very frustrated very quickly. Uh, I love it. Um, I mean, things are changing all the time, um, even within 
as you would say, at, you know, the, the cutting edge of, of cloud technology, I'm now on the leading edge of that in what we refer to as machine learning and artificial intelligence, which can be some really cool stuff and at times can be some very scary big brother kind of stuff. <laughs> You're so, starting to freak me out. Yeah. I'm not <laughs> ready to go there. Um, what, what, uh, and then I want to ask you a real content question here. Um, what, what do you, what has attracted you most as a man of God, as a human being made to be productive in God's image? What do you like most about working in this industry? Um, wow, that's a, that's a deep question. Um, I, I think, wow, that's a tough one. <laughs> I, I, and I struggled with this several years ago, too, as you may have recall, um, when I came back from one of the mission trips. And, and had met some missionaries out on the field, and I felt like, you know, the things I was doing for a living hmm. meant nothing compared to what these people who were doing who were, you know, day in and day out living in the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Um, but in, in my own field, what I, what I like about it is um, there's, a, there's, a, there's always this struggle between science and and theology, it seems like there's a natural struggle. And some people want to leverage science to prove or disprove what the, what the Bible says. Um, but one of the things I like about it is the more, and this is held up through history, the more that we push science, the more science proves the Bible is real. I, abs- yes, I, I am finding that in my deep reading I've done, even along with Genesis. I I've gone back into my little personal hobby horse, which is catching up on the best reading of science and faith regarding Genesis 1 and creation. Just I, I've enjoyed it these last six weeks, and so I affirm that statement. Yeah, and, and, but on a personal level, where that, where that comes in is, is when you work in a tech environment, you're surrounded by a lot of people with a lot of different beliefs, and okay. that's probably true with any corporation. Um, I think in the, in the tech world people tend to be a lot more outspoken <laughs> okay. Um, and, and, uh, and, and less corporate, you know, we got to toe the line. People just speak their mind a whole lot more freely. Um, and so it's put me in, in touch with people who think very differently from a theological standpoint, from a political standpoint, whatever. Um, but it's, you know, it's helped me really dive deep into what I believe also okay. Um, and then keep an open mind to other thought. So that, I yeah. think that's one of the things that's that's that I've enjoyed being in the, in the tech industry is that you know there's there's a free there, there's a, a value on free flowing ideas. Mm. Yes, um, that is the upside of tech, isn't it? Um, when I've had a lot of conversations like yours and mine with Lake Forest folks who've come home from a mission trip and had similar reevaluations of their own work and purpose. And one of the things that I often say is, well, man, God's plan is for 99% of Christians to glorify him through our everyday profession by whatever way our job contributes to some form of human flourishing. Human flourishing is a sort of a summary statement for uh, the image of God. The, those words rule, tend, cultivate, multiply, fruitful. Um, and it is pretty cool, Chad, to think of how it, the ways in which uh, big tech uh, or new tech are leading to new levels of human flourishing. The, the way that poor 
poor individuals in rural India have access to banking and capital for the first time through their cell phone, for just one example. Uh, Educational opportunities for people in Africa, etc. So, I thought of you because... Uh, in 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 preparation for that sermon on the intersection of technology and uh, being people of God, I watched Angie and I watched the movie The Social Dilemma, and they kept interviewing all. It's basically a series of interviews, uh, and I still cannot recommend this movie highly enough. I think it's important, actually. Uh, it's a docudrama. Um, they kept interviewing tech executives or former tech executives who'd had a hand, like you, in the creation. And this was focused particularly on the role of social media and, uh, and uh, uh, eternal scrolling in, uh, in apps and things. Um, and so I thought of you. I'm like, well, that's Chad, but he's not a former tech guy and exec and leader. Uh, he, he is one. Um, I understand you sat your kids, you and uh, Nikki said, kids, we're going to watch this movie together so that you don't think we're the only people in the world who, who have some rules around technology in our home. So you all watched that movie together? Yeah, yeah. We, we felt like it was important to have a conversation around this. Um, you, you know, I think a lot of parents out there, when they start this conversation, you, you know, you get the quickly from a, a teenager or a tween of, I'm the only one who can't. All my other friends can. Um, and so we got those arguments. Um, and, and Nikki and I initially kind of made a joke out of it. Yeah. Uh, and this isn't mean to belittle anybody else, but our, our kind of quick quip was, well, that's because we love you more than their parents love their kids. <laughs> Humor is good. And, and you're speaking purpose there. Yeah. You're... you're, you're um, we had to have a lot of lines like that ready. Um, so uh, you're super familiar with the movie. Um, I think what was most alarming to what got my attention, uh, all of us, we read things and we hear things and we're like, yeah, you know, being addicted to our screens is maybe changing our minds and not that good for us. And as a person, a follower of Jesus, you know, there's some ways that I should probably be even a little more uncomfortable with that. And, but the, the statistic that got my attention most, which I shared in the sermon, I believe, uh, and they dramatize this super well, it's a poignant moment in the movie, is that for teenage, uh, I don't know if it's teenagers or teenage girls, whichever it was, that since the advent of social media, anxiety, depression, and suicide have gone up, whatever the percent was, uh, 100%, 1,000%, but like... The statistical proof there is inarguable, uh, and there there may be other cultural factors. What struck you in that movie that you either didn't know or you're like, oh, this is what everybody needs to know, and I already knew that. Yeah, I would say that those statistics were an unintended outcome, obviously, uh, and I don't think most of us in the industry knew or know that that's happening. Um, so as a parent, I think that's a very important movie, but as a tech insider, I think everybody in technology needs to, whether you are are a parent or not, everybody in technology needs to understand that the impact that the tech we're making is having on society. I I thought that the, they did a good job of saying, yes, unintended consequences. Mm -hmm. The, the motivations were mostly good. 
um, along with the profit motivation. Um, and, and they kept noting there are good purposes for tech and we're not going backwards, but there's some things that need to be undone um, or regulated, et cetera. Um, t- tell me what you've known about this, uh, this side of the way social media has been designed to keep you engaged, to incent behavior of f- screen fixation, uh, and, and really manipulate is not too strong of a word what content you see. Yeah, so it, it was interesting in that movie, they used a phrase that I have said for a long time that people within the tech industry, we just, we say it and we're all like, well, yeah, everybody knows that. But you realize that once you get outside the tech bubble, not everybody knows that. And okay, it was, what was that? It was interesting because when they said it in the movie, Nikki looked at me and said, you've been saying that for years. And I'm <laughs> like, well, yeah. And it's the, um, if you're not paying for it, then you're the product. So ah, the yeah. fact that Facebook is free, that Instagram is free, that you know, Snapchat and TikTok and all these things are free, they're not free. They're, all these companies are making lots and lots of money, and they're making it all on you. It's all about you and your data and how much data they can harvest from you. Um, and so I, you know, I guess for a lot of people that may be eye-opening. It was for me. Um, and again, it's it's the intention isn't to do harm. Mm-hmm. The intention is like we have a platform. We're making something that people like to use. People like to use Facebook. Um, and at some point, Facebook made a determination that we need to monetize this information. And it has turned it into an advertising platform. Um, Facebook probably more. And I don't want to pick just on Facebook, but they're the biggest one to to talk about. It's helpful as an example. Yeah. Yeah. Facebook more than anybody has fantastic encyclopedia volumes of information on every single user. Hmm. Um, And uh, there was a chart I was looking at actually just last week of categorizing the type of data that that each of the major tech companies can get can get on you and um the amount of information that facebook has on you is incredible now where they leverage that is being able to allow advertisers to come in and leverage that information and and on on the surface that sounds terrible but again the intent isn't to be terrible the intent is you're a consumer of things. Mm-hmm. Instead of just seeing random ads that you don't care mm-hmm. about, it's better to see stuff that you're actually interested in. You know, the, that part actually doesn't sound too terrible to me. I, I, I was sitting with a friend, uh, outs, uh, an outside meeting because of COVID, and he kept pushing this button in his vest and a light would come on. I'm like, what is that? It's like, it's a heated vest, man. It was super cool. So I, I, I uh, Googled the brand and I, I, uh, Angie is cold-natured, and I thought she might like it. So after I searched, and I looked through their products, well, now every day on the new, any news app I open, that ad comes up. <laughs> uh, and, you know, I don't, I don't mind that. It's a little odd. I don't mind that. I think what, what I was unaware of, because I'm an atypical Facebook user, like I'm okay with the exchange of me getting it for free, I get to see people's pictures. They get to see mine. I'm keeping up with family. I, every now and then I'll push out, hey, Lake Forest event is happening. I like all that. But I've never clicked a Facebook ad. I, I don't get news from there. I, I wouldn't even know where to go for news because that doesn't sound wise to me. 
So therefore, I've never experienced the self-reinforce. I think what concerned me, the, oh, you saw, uh, you clicked a news article about this that, that was kind of clickbaity. Now we're going to show you one that's even further down the rabbit hole yeah. of this theory or or this this partisan, this side of the partisan divide in a way that, if I understand this correctly, really the company is incentivized to radicalize you in one, whatever it is, if it's a political view, if it's a anti or pro-vaccination, if it's a whatever it is. Yeah. I, I'm sure this exists for different branches of theology. If they keep feeding you more and more radical, you get, I don't know what the word is, zombified, yeah. <laughs> and you just keep consuming more and more of it, um, uh, uh, and so you're on the platform. Right, and, and so when you look at all the different platforms that are out there, it's a competitive market for them to attract your attention, and that's essentially what they're all after. They want your attention because the more time you spend on their app, the more data they can capture about you so mm-hmm. they can resell to the advertisers right and each new app that comes out it seems like that algorithm gets a little bit better at putting you into an echo chamber um, and so what what you're describing again it's an unintended consequence th- that the main idea behind it is okay Chad's scrolling through this app he clicked on this or he spent more time watching this video than he did this other video I'm just going to show him and more stuff like that. And that seems innocuous. Like, right. oh, that's more of stuff I want. Like, that seems kind of good. But it's, where does that go wrong? Yeah. Um, you know, I think in a, in a practical sense, what we've seen in this last political cycle is more and more people are getting their news from these types of apps. And so when you click on a certain article or spend time watching a certain video, that is it political in nature, the algorithm says, okay, they're liberal, they're conservative, they're whatever, and I'm just going to start feeding you more. Um, and this is where tech has gotten itself into a little bit of, of they're in, in a weird ground now because people, bad actors have entered in and mm-hmm. said, we can start feeding disinformation right. on both sides. And, you know, getting people to go down a deeper rabbit hole in, in reinforcing thoughts that they already had um, and we'll make it look like news. And so that's put tech in a position of saying, hey, we need to moderate some of this. And they, were, they never intended to be yeah. a moderator of the yeah. discussion. Yeah. And so it's extremely uncomfortable. It's extremely dangerous to put tech in that position. And you're starting to see some backlash on all that. And mm-hmm. this it was, again, an, another unintended consequence of what these platforms design are like, no, we didn't want to be a news organization. Now you're making me moderate news. Like, right. We just want you to click on ads, you know, (laughs) because bad actors for their own gain, it has turned into a, 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 is radicalizing the right word? What's the word? uh, Well, let's turn, let's, we could talk about this part. I'm fascinated. I would love to ask you a lot more questions about this part of it, but what's, what's most, let's talk about this as parents now. Sure. Um, you, you as a parent, not me. I, <laughs> I, uh, we were the we were the last parents that each of our boys, at least according to them, got a cell phone in their whatever grade that was. So we we went through that, um, and they actually literally were. I, we verified that for Austin. Um, Angie and I wear that a, a bit as a badge of honor. 
<laughs> I must say. And we still joke about it all the time with the kids. Um, so you're having to deal with this and, and some of the most negative outcomes, maybe not even related to the news feed, is that the more times it's proven the more time someone spends on social media, the less dissatis- the more dissatisfied with their life they are generally. Yeah. And this is particularly true for teenagers for all the reasons that I think we all sort of understand. And then there's the danger of a, if a child too young is on there, and it, you were telling me about this danger, uh, and is exposed to really things that at their age, okay, should they really be up in the middle of a debate about this? Yeah. Uh, and think that that's normal for their age. So you and Nikki, have, you're a tech guy, <laughs> um, but you guys have... You don't give unlimited access to tech to your children. No, I mean this has been You're a tough. teenager. Yeah, and, and and same with you. Like we were we were told over and over and again. All my friends have a phone. When am I going to get a phone? And, and Nikki and I just were like, well, you don't you don't need one. And we were really scared of it. Um, I was even proposing the idea of just getting a um, the iPod, mm-hmm. right? Because uh, you can put all the apps on the iPod, but it's only. You can only use it when you're on a wired or right. wireless environment. You can't use it roaming around because you can't, you know. And I was like, here, you can do what you want to do, but you're still going to be limited. Um, that didn't fly. We had to give in. Um, <laughs> and, and like you, we we validated that she actually was the last one to get one. Um, and my son still doesn't have a phone. Um, and, and a lot of it and is... he's be- what age? He's 14. Wow. Well, I'll take it back. He'll be 14. He's 13 right now. Okay. But... Yeah, still doesn't have a phone. Um, he has an iPad, and he can do what he wants to, and we structure a lot of time on how much he's allowed to be there. And, and you know, some of it was just from the, you know, pure how much screen time are you getting. Um, but then that quickly moved into what apps are you on. Um, so it, it, it got past just the amount of screen time real quick and, and realizing um, – you know, there's content out there and, and this is, it's more than just, you know, pornography and images and things that I don't want them to see. There's big, heavy topics being discussed on these platforms that are tough for adults to talk about, hmm. um, that, you know, a 14, 15, 16 year old person is now being forced to pick a side mm, on yeah. these big debates. And it's like, yeah. no, number one, resist. You know, I have to have this conversation. Resist picking a side. If you want to get into that debate, be open to all. But, you know, in, in my heart, I was like, I just, this isn't what I expected a 15-year-old to have to struggle with. Like, this isn't, yeah. these aren't the conversations you should be having. And I, th- and I think you... In that part of our conversation, you said that in the, in that case, the that platform was feeding her, mm-hmm. based on one data point, all extreme one-sided data, and and so her perspective was, well, this is how everybody yeah. thinks, and to think otherwise is stupid. Yeah, yeah, it, you quickly get put into this because, you know, if your whole world, and especially in this time of COVID where you don't have the social interaction, yeah. everything is online. Um, and so your your whole world is is these apps and the algorithm has, has quickly sorted out, oh, you like this kind of thought, I'm just going to keep sending you more videos of people who think this way. You quickly deduce, well, the whole world thinks the way I think. 
um, and you know, dad as the opposing opinion, well, you're just, you're just (laughs) old and you don't get it. My generation thinks this way. And I've had to push back and go, no, no, your generation doesn't. It's the algorithm that's showing you that. Yeah. Um, and it's, it, you know, again, in, in the COVID time, that's even more difficult. Yeah, okay. Well, so techiest of tech ministry <laughs> partner at Lake Forest with your, your pedigree of these two giants. Um, I'd love to finish and just hear some of the standards that you have for device usage, be, screen time. Um, it would just be helpful to hear. And not trying to guilt anyone who's doing this differently but our, I am trying to suggest, uh, uh, as a companion to that sermon, to be thoughtful, intentional, prayerful, talk together with a spouse or a friend, uh, and actually have a, a planned tech usage um, standards for your children at home. Um, uh, because if we are passive about such things, there is some part of them that will be eaten alive if they are consuming the wrong things too much too early of an age. What, what are you guys' standards? Yeah, so um, I, I understand that that the generation my kids are in, that this is, this is like our generation of just, you know, being able to call up a friend. Right. right. So there is a there is a sense of connection on being on these apps and if you aren't on the app then you're just disconnected yeah and, and again, that's especially not necessarily COVID, bad yeah no that's not necessarily bad so we had to give into that and understand uh that perspective um but we did have to put some standards around just the amount of screen time we limit that all up um and i think that's we, we did that from from a very very beginning um, using, you know, Apple's come a long way with uh, with what they've built into the operating system to allow you to manage screen time. There's other apps that we were using before uh, that helped us manage that. Um, we have some simple rules of... So, are, just briefly, is this something that then you monitor it because you share uh, uh, Apple products, or does it actually kick off kick them off after a certain amount of time yeah it'll kick them off after a certain amount of wow. time okay and we do pay attention to it because we want to see you know what they're spending their time on yeah if, if they're still doing school work you i'm yeah. sure you flex for all that kind of thing and that's just you know straight up amount of screen time okay you know between okay. it and we find it even more important today because they're spending all their time on zoom hmm. uh you know for for school work yeah. so they've got that amount of screen time and then they as soon as they get off the zoom calls they just want to go right back into a device or on the, onto a tv and so as much as we can we try to optimize get outside get in front you know finding time for them to just get away from technology okay um so that's that's probably the first step um we don't allow well for the, for a long time we didn't allow any technology upstairs ever okay period if you want to be on your phone it's down here with the rest of us oh yeah and that wasn't so i could keep a watchful eye again it was just i don't want you to seclude yourself from the rest of the family behind a door yeah not because i thought they were doing anything bad and it was it wasn't a judgment against them it was just you know you still have to have some physical relationship with the rest of the family i don't want you to become norm that you're going to sit in your bedroom. And and that is accountability, however. You know, this is a different day and age, but we did not allow um, 
internet <clears throat> access in any private rooms when our sons were growing up. Um, it, was diff- it was a different time. It was a decade ago, but um, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. We, um, we started a level of language uh, when we first uh, gave our daughter a phone, of, and we've, we've relaxed. We've gotten bad about it now, but initially we made it very clear that that was my phone, not her phone. I bought it, and I'm giving it to you, and I can take it away when I want to. It's mine. Um, and just kind of setting the ground of, you know, mm-hmm. you can't take away my phone. Well, it's not your phone. It's my phone. That sounds like good upfront language, yes. Um, and, you know, and then we had some, some rules that we still, and, you know, we, we know we get, we get grief from our kids, um, and, and we know that their friends make fun of us as well. Um, but at night there's no technology upstairs. Um, right now for our daughter at nine thirty, she knows at nine thirty at night, the phone okay. has to come downstairs, um, and it gets turned off and there's, you know, we've seen too many other kids, um, and people that we know where they will stay up all night long Yeah, and they will sleep with the phone next to them with music playing or something else. Like, that's just all terrible sleeping with, habits. With, that we which don't. means their eyes and their mind and their spirit are accessible to the dumbest or meanest person on any of their platforms. Yeah. And uh, so I think it's a, it, it, I, I could speak it strongly, perhaps a dereliction of a parent's shepherding responsibility to guard our child's heart and mind from influences on them that uh, are either foolish at best, nefarious at worst. Yeah. Um, that's really wise, Chad. Um, so final question. We, I, I would love to dig in even more, but this is really helpful. Final question. How do you and Nikki navigate having these standards that are very countercultural? So you're, you're on tech. You're a tech-savvy family. I, you, you always represent the tech point of view in elders' meetings. And, Chad, what do you, you know, <laughs> tell us about this. And yet, just like in the, the docudrama, The Social Dilemma, all of those tech executives to a person said they limit tech exposure, social media especially, to their kids radically. Steve Jobs did. Um, so I, I, it's if you're a parent, it's worth watching that movie just to see that section uh, to give you resolve. How do you and Nikki handle having resolve, sticking to your guns, being united as a couple on these very firm countercultural standards and cult- keeping good relationship with your your teen and preteen? Well, I think some of it, and, and, and look, I it's... It's often very uncomfortable when it comes up. Um, we've had to have difficult conversations about very big adult con- you know, content at an age that I didn't think I was going to have to. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only reason we do that is, again, because we're monitoring what she's seeing. Um, and I can tell you I'm very thankful because there's things that have come up that I was like, oh, we got to nip this in the butt and, you know— language that was used or potential conflicts between people Mm -hmm. that as a parent you have to insert yourself and if I wasn't monitoring it I wouldn't have known it was going on um but again it's not it's not a place of you know getting her in trouble it's the hey I saw this and I think we need to have a talk about it and uh, you know as a parent having that conversation allowing 
for that communication to happen and reinforcing with them that, you know, this is a safe place. I'm not, I'm not here to convince you, but I also want to educate you again, to get you out of that Hmm. tech bubble, the, the algorithm that has put you into an echo chamber. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, there's there's some goodness there. If I can find a silver lining in all that, is is you know trying to keep those lines of communication open. It's very very difficult. You have to be um, proactive in it. Um, I will give all the credit to Nikki for doing that. I'm not as great as she is, but she is definitely um, um, helping us as a as a as parental units stay plugged in there. Um, but then there, you know, there are. There are apps that we just don't allow because I don't see okay. any good upside to it. Yeah, and these are apps that I know all of her friends have, um, and and you know we're reminded constantly that she's being cut out of conversations. But the downside of those apps, in my opinion, yeah. outweigh the upside. It's like, yeah. well, there's other apps where you can communicate. You know, you don't need another way to message someone. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got Instagram, you've got FaceTime, you've got text messaging, like you've got plenty of ways to talk. Yeah. Um, so no, we're not going to allow this next one. <laughs> Thank you for giving us a little window into your world chat. I, I, I uh, and for being vulnerable. It's a top <coughs> topic that needs a lot of attention. And as followers of Christ, we, we want to be a light in the world. We do not want to be obstructionists against change and we want to be at the forefront of what's new and what's serving human flourishing. Again, to use that word. Um, but we want to be wise shepherds of our children, of our own heart and our children's heart. Would you just finish, since you're an elder in the church, and uh, and pray for our friends on the podcast here. Just pray for all of us to be wise in our relationship with technology and social media. Yeah, I'd be happy to. Um, Father God, we just come to you uh, today um, humbled by um, just the way you've inspired the world, the, the technology that you give us, um, the, the tech leaders that you've put on this, on this planet who have uh, created amazing things that can do wonderful things in this world, Lord. Um, and, and, you know, technology is, is allowing um, people who haven't been exposed to the Bible in all parts of the world get exposed to your word and come into relationship with you. So, Lord, we thank you so much for that. But, God, we also know that um, for every good and great thing in this world, the evil one can insert himself um, and and twist it. And so, God, we pray that you would just um, protect these families and give them the wisdom and courage to do what they need to do to protect themselves and their family and their friends and loved ones. Um, and that the technology would be a blessing and not a curse. Um, God, we just pray that, um, that, uh, in all things that we do, that you would be glorified. Uh, and we ask this all in your son's name. Amen. Thank you, Chad. And we'll talk to you all, uh, in the next episode. Goodbye.